Hi, I'm Nick Tumbalides. Welcome to No Uncertain Terms, the official podcast of the Term Limits Movement for the week of December 30th, 2019. Your sanctuary from partisan politics. Hope you got lots of great gifts from the jolly old man who delivers free stuff, Bernie Sanders. Kidding aside, the real Santa has been in office for 1,300 years. Sounds like we might need some term limits up at the North Pole. Due to our team's family obligations, we are giving you a throwback podcast this week, some of the best hits and misses of No Uncertain Terms, along with a piece of new content, an interview I did recently with the Renaissance Man, Jim Woods, host of Way of the Renaissance Man podcast. We cover a few really interesting topics, and I think you'll enjoy it. No Uncertain Terms will return to its usual format on January 6th, 2020. Thank you so much for being a listener. We would like to apologize for the way in which politicians are represented in this program. It was never our intention to imply that politicians are weak-kneed political time servers who are concerned more with their personal vendettas and private power struggles than the problems of government. Nor to suggest at any point that they sacrifice their credibility by denying free debate on vital matters in the mistaken impression that party unity comes before the well-being of the people they supposedly represent nor to imply at any stage that they are squabbling little toadies without an ounce of concern for the vital social problems of today. Nor indeed do we intend that viewers should consider them as crabby, ulcerous little self-seeking vermin with furry legs and an excessive addition to alcohol and certain explicit sexual practices which some people might find offensive. We are sorry if this impression has come across. (laughs) I think welfare recipients should be drug tested before they can run for re-election. Did you know that members of Congress get prescription drugs hand-delivered to their offices? Yeah, it's done by Grubbs Pharmacy, which is the oldest in Washington. It's a cool perk that nobody else in America has, and that's pretty much par for the course in Washington. But there's a lot more to that story, and it should alarm every American. Mike Kim, the owner of Grubbs Pharmacy, told Stat News that he is routinely filling prescriptions for drugs that treat Alzheimer's disease. For members of Congress. We just talk to our shrinks. They talk to the shrinks. No wonder we're up the wall. If pharmacists are shipping Alzheimer's medication to Capitol Hill, then some number of congressmen are medically unqualified to hold office. And we don't know which ones or how many. They could be backbenchers, or they could be sitting at the upper tiers of leadership, making decisions of global significance. Since your rank in Congress is based mostly on seniority, the oldest members have the most power. That's terrifying. Here's what Mike Kim, the pharmacist, said. At first it's cool, and then you realize, wow, I'm filling some drugs that are for some pretty serious health problems. And these are the people that are running the country. There are 44 congressional districts in which the age of the representative is more than double the median age of his or her constituents. On the Senate side, 18 of the 33 senators running for re-election in 2018 will be 65 or older. Several of them, including Dianne Feinstein and Bill Nelson, will be well into their 80s by the time they spend another six years in office. Obviously, these trends don't necessarily mean Congress has a problem, Many people experience little to no loss in mental sharpness as they age, but there have been enough red flags lately to merit some concern. Mississippi Senator Thad Cochran recently had to step down from the Senate, 
But before that, Politico had documented that Cochran appeared frail and at times disoriented during their interview with him. Cochran at one point needed a staffer to remind him where the Senate chamber is located, despite having served in that chamber for the last 40 years. After locating the chamber, Cochran cast the wrong vote on a bill and had to correct himself after an aide pointed out the error. New research suggests that the relationship between power and mental decline could be even worse than scientists had imagined. Not only are people with brain damage finding their way into powerful posts, but the evidence shows that power might also cause brain damage. Subjects under the influence of power, according to Dacker Keltner, a University of California Berkeley professor, acted as if they had suffered a traumatic brain injury, becoming more impulsive, less risk-averse, and crucially, less adept at seeing things from other people's point of view. That means power is literally going to people's heads and damaging their brains. Perhaps that's why 33 states have mandatory retirement ages for judges and 36 states impose term limits on their governors. It's not realistic to expect unwell politicians to come clean with the public and step down, nor will their co-workers, who depend on those members for support, feel inclined to go out in public and say their friends are sick. A better solution is changing the basic rules of the game to ensure members are not likely to lose their marbles on the job. And if it happens, to ensure the problem cannot continue for decades. The only way to accomplish that is through congressional term limits. President Harry Truman, in the aftermath of World War II, sent a handwritten note to Congress demanding the passage of term limits. We'd help to cure seniority and senility, both terrible legislative diseases, Truman wrote. The appropriations committees of the House and Senate are aged and decrepit men who, if they think at all, have backward thinking. Truman's words are a prophetic description of today's Congress, where the recent chairman of the Senate Appropriations Committee briefly forgot that he was even on the committee at all. That chairman was Thad Cochran. Get a bunch of politicians together, and they'll disagree on almost everything. Yet the one thing they'll all agree on is the desire to keep their jobs. Yet there's one man who has dedicated himself to making the profession of politics a part-time avocation. His name is Nick Tombalides, and he's the executive director of U.S. Term Limits, a Washington-based group that advocates for term limits at all levels of government. So uh, tell me about your organization, U.S. Term Limits. Now. So in a room of politicians, U.S. Term Limits is the least popular organization because what we want to do is throw the bums out. What we're working on is term limits at every level of government from Congress all the way down to dog catcher. You know, we just think when you leave politicians in power for too long, they tend to abuse that power. They try to siphon as much wealth and clout and influence out of that job as they possibly can. And they forget about their constituents. They forget about serving the voters. They certainly forget about solving problems because God knows we haven't had a single major problem solved by Congress in the last 30 years. Right. So we think if, if you do term limits on Congress, you would not only humble these elected officials, 
but you would give control of government back to the people. Americans feel like we've lost control of this government. We feel frustrated. We feel like they don't listen to us anymore. This is the biggest step in the right direction to making Congress listen again. There's been a couple of different movements over the years to get the state legislatures yes. more directly involved in making, you know, helping to form federal policy. Yeah. You know, there's a convention of states, things like that. And I always found that interesting because most people just think, oh, well, we just got to get a new president. That's no. going to change things. Oh, we got to get a new, you know, and guess what? That's how I used to believe. Me too. I mean, and, and, but but the results speak for themselves. You get eight years on one party, eight years right. on another, eight years on another, you and nothing's, nothing really gets altered. You know altered. what? It's, it's like a big game in Washington, D.C. and it's, it's like a football game. Sometimes the possession changes. The other team has the ball this time, Republicans or Democrats, but it's still the same damn crooked game. And when you talk about the president or members of Congress, that's how I believed when I first started out. I thought, if only we elect a better captain, he's going to steer the ship in the yeah, right direction. Exactly. I tried it over and over again. I worked on different campaigns. And what I realized was it's not the captain. It's the ship itself. you got a hole in your ship, and you got to fix the system itself before yeah. anything is going to function properly. That, it doesn't matter who you elect. Yeah, that's a good point because, um, you know, I think the personnel is less relevant than the structure. You know, the structure seems to be the thing that is in need of serious reformation. Right. And you go back, you read like the founding documents of this country. I think it was Thomas Jefferson who said the Constitution is supposed to be the shackles that bind down the ambition of man. Right. He wasn't saying that the Constitution is supposed to inhibit your freedom or my freedom. He meant it's shackles on government. Yes. You look at the yes. Bill of Rights, that's a restriction on government, not on the people. Term limits is a restriction on government. It's a restriction on power. It's a restriction on arrogance. It's a restriction on empire building so that these elected officials can't become more important than the office that they were elected to serve. Exactly. You know, when people think about government, they don't argue for the freedom of the citizen. They do, but the kind of prevailing sentiment in the Constitution is here is a restriction on what government can do. Exactly. You know, as opposed to, oh, here's the liberties we are enumerating. The liberties are there already. Yeah. It's you, We want to keep the government from infringing upon them. Welcome to Caught in the Crossfire. Today we feature a debate at the highest level of the U.S. government. The 44th and 45th U.S. presidents, Barack Obama and Donald Trump, go head-to-head -head on the issue of term limits. Ken? That's right, Phil. Never has America been so divided as it is today, and I quake to think what we're about to witness here. The opening salvo was launched at a rally by then-candidate Donald Trump in October 2016, just before the election. Let's hear it. But there's another major announcement I'm going to make today as part of our pledge to drain the swamp. If I'm elected president, I will push for a constitutional amendment to impose term limits on all members of Congress. They've been talking about that for years. Decades of failure in Washington and decades of special interest dealing must and will come to an end. Then, just days later, sitting President Barack Obama fired back, not mincing any words. I think we want to see new voices and new ideas emerge. That's part of the reason why uh, I think term limits are a really useful thing. Holy moly. But he wasn't done. 
From the dais at the Global Citizen Forum in Sao Paulo, Brazil in June 2017, Barack Obama again tackled Trump's stirring call with a more thorough rejoinder. I think politics suffers when you have the same people staying in power over and over and over again for many years and there's never any new blood and there's never any new ideas and I do believe that if you're in power for too long, even with the best of intentions, that you become stale and your government becomes stale and over time you will not do what's best for the country and the country will suffer. And so I, I see sometimes in, in the U.S. Congress people who've been there for 20, 30, 40 years and because they're still there they're blocking the 25 or the 30 or the 35 year old who is more of their time and could be more innovative and creative in terms of solving the problems that we face today rather than the problems that we faced 35 years ago. Wow, that was really something. Can America ever heal from the vast rifts that divide us? Uh, <laughs> uh, Ken, they actually agreed about term limits here. Uh, the former Democratic president and current Republican one probably don't agree on too much, but... Oh, Phil, the media landscape is awash with fear and loathing. The parties have never been further apart. Pets are turning on their owners. The sky is falling. The earth is flat. You think anything can bring this country back together? Well, um, a McLaughlin poll from earlier this year suggested 82% of Americans support term limits. 82%? Yeah, that's right. 82%. 89% of Republicans, 76% of Democrats, 83% of Independents. It looks like term limits are one issue that Americans agree on. Perhaps this is the issue our political culture needs so we can start working together again. Hmm, I don't know. You think the Russians might be behind this? I was a political activist from the time I was in high school, and there were all kinds of issues that I cared about. Uh, you know, fixing the national debt, for example, because I, I didn't believe that people should be in debt slavery when they're born in this country. Yeah, which thought, they are. And I also thought it was really unfair that, you know, major corporations, stuff like that, were getting handouts from the government. Meanwhile, we had roads that were crumbling. We had people who were just barely struggling to pay their bills. And so I got involved in all these issues. But once I started talking to the politicians, I realized these politicians don't care about the issues. They only care about getting reelected. Right. That's their number one duty is to just keep themselves in power, toe the party line and become somebody. Maybe one day, 20, 30 years in the future, you get an airport or a bus station or something named after you. You get a legacy as someone who is really good at spending other people's money. Right. And that frustrated me. I wanted to see actual problems getting solved. And so I pivoted into term limits because I wanted to see something that would restore political courage. Right. I wanted to see something that would get people with guts to run for office and do gutsy things that might not be popular at the time, but would be better for our country, better for our republic, would actually start moving us down the road toward liberty, down the road toward, like you mentioned, you know, restoring our natural rights. Well, it's interesting, whenever any congressman or senator actually speaks their mind, you know they're just about to be 
out of office, yeah. you know, that they're not going to get reelected and they're not running again. So guess what they can do? They can criticize the president. They can criticize other people in exactly. their party. And they're willing to do that because they got nothing else to lose. And the reason why is because the system is controlled so much by seniority, right? When you get to Washington, let's say you manage to beat the 98% incumbent reelection rate. You beat the odds, right? You're like the black swan and you finally made it. You get to Washington, D.C. First thing that happens is Nancy Pelosi sits you down and gives you the talk. She says, hey, here's how it's done, here's, kid. <laughs> here's, how, here's how it works. You better not think for yourself. You better not ruffle any feathers. You better not vote against leadership. Or you know what we're going to do? We're going to retaliate against you. We're going to kick you off your committees. We're going to make sure you can't get anything done and your constituents are going to hate you. And we might even find someone to run against you if you try to mess up this racket that we've got right, going here. Right. It's As a protection scheme. Protection scheme. It's just like what the mafia does. So they'll stay for maybe 10, 12 years. They'll play that game. And by the time you've been there that long, you lose sight of what inspired you to run for office in the first place. You lose the passion. Right. The system breaks your spirit and you become just another cog in the machine. So one of my big priorities with term limits is not just to make elections more competitive, not just give people more faith in Congress, but dismantle the damn seniority system because it's ruining our country. Now there's one argument that is somewhat powerful to me and tell me if you think this has got any weight. The idea that the citizen should be able to vote for whoever the citizen vote wants to vote for, sure. and, and it should keep. If they love this guy or this woman, they they're their congressman, congresswoman in office. You should be out. You should have the freedom to be able to elect them. But there's problems with that 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 yeah. uh, that criticism. So tell me how yeah. you address. Yeah. So that. I'll give you a little bit of an example from my own personal life. When I moved to Florida for the first time, I registered to vote. They sent me a ballot in the mail, and there was a state representative election. It was missing from my ballot. And I, I called the local county elections office and I said, why is this missing from my ballot? Isn't there an election every two years for this, this district? And they said, oh, that race has actually been canceled because nobody was willing to run against the incumbent. So the incumbent got reelected automatically. He right. had all the money. There was no choice for the voters. There was no opportunity to change the system. It was totally rigged. And what I also learned was before we got term limits, over half of all the elections in Florida were canceled. We're just like that, Every yeah. two no years. No one wanted to take a shot no, at the incumbent. No choice at all. And you look at the congressional level, it's not much different. You know, 90% of the elections are either canceled or it's an incumbent who's running under contested, meaning you've got like a, a gadfly who puts his name on the ballot. Right. He opens a bank account with 500 bucks. He's not really serious. The incumbent coasts back into office. Right, it's not, a, it's not any kind of a serious There's challenge. There's no competition. There's no meaningful election. Um, for the vast majority of Americans, you have no functional choice at the ballot box. This is the thing term limits would address because it would create open seat elections every six years. And when an election's open, you know it's going to be competitive because the barriers to entry to run are much, much lower. Thanks for listening to this special holiday season episode of the No Uncertain Terms podcast. We hope you enjoyed hearing some of the more comical segments from our podcast archives. As we roll into the year 2020, we will be applying more pressure on congressmen and women across the country and will not stop until we have achieved our goal, term limits on all members of Congress. 
We are a nonpartisan, nonprofit activist group funded by you and your donations. For more information, just go to termlimits.com, sign the petition, and subscribe to the No Uncertain Terms podcast. Remember, it's not a question of when. The term limits revolution is happening, and it always wins at the ballot box. Both Republican and Democrat voters want to see it happen. Do you? Then keep listening, friends, and we'll be back next week. This is the President of the United States. How are you doing, Paul? Good. How are you? Paul, I'm doing fantastic. I'm doing tremendous. I'm doing great. I'm calling because I'm looking to find the whereabouts of the jolly old man who delivers the free stuff, Bernie Sanders. Well, the big jolly old man is in Pensacola, Florida right now. He's in Pensacola. Do you know when he's going to be making his way down to Mar-a-Lago to deliver the bricks for my wall? It should be in about two or three hours. Two or three hours. Well, I will be waiting patiently. I will be putting out the Trump stakes for the big guy. I know he loves that. I have a few more requests for you as well. Okay. Is Santa willing to deliver some coal to Joe Biden and a subpoena? Uh, 